0: Welcome to A Drink of Wisdom with Nathan Drinkard. I'm Jay Wise. Thanks for spending some of your time with us. As a reminder, to all the listeners, we're on Anchor, we're on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on so many other podcasting platforms. And if you're looking for us in the video format, you can find us on the A Drink of Wisdom YouTube channel. Lots of great stuff going on there. Drink, feels like it's been a while, but it's great to be back with you here.
1: <laughs> uh, feels like it's been a while because it's probably have been a while. Um, uh, and you know now we back in the saddle like the training so you know what time it is how everything with you
0: oh well, it's good i think last time we did a show the with the uh i don't think the astros and red sox had even started and then there was some got a little murky in between there with games two and three just
1: go uh, out central listen um and anyway, i think we this might get brought up once or twice but we definitely missed the mark on that but you know, we ain't going to get them all right, but we, we definitely ain't going to get them all wrong. So, another day, another dollar. We got to give the streets what they need. We see what they don't. We definitely going to say what they want. We done made that clear. Set your plates because it's time to eat. And, you know, last but not least, let's talk some sports, baby. What we got,
0: Jay? All right, this is episode 12 of season three. We're going to talk about the NBA 75th anniversary team. We're going to recap week seven in the NFL. And we're going to talk about the weekend in college football.
1: And then from there, you know what we got to talk about first. Game one of the World Series tonight, folks. Make sure your TV is tuned in. Um, I, you know, I think the opening, uh, the first pitch is at uh, 8.09 Eastern Standard Time. Um, we got uh, DeBray's going to have Charlie, Charlie Morton going to be their starting pitcher. Astros have Franber Valdez. I'm, I'm, I'm trying here. Well, how you say that? Franber Valdez. Okay, there we go, boom. So with that said, um, it looks like the Astros are the favorites to get it done tonight. So what say you about what we're gonna see in game one or the, or, or, or the, the, biggest, the biggest game in, in Major League Baseball? Well,
0: I, think the, I think the Astros deserve to be the favorites. Uh, if you had to, I guess if you took a random poll of who you would thought out of these two teams would make the World Series, it probably would be the Astros. Um, especially if you took one after the Ronald Acuna injury. Uh, I'm still I'm still pretty surprised that Atlanta's made it this far, but um, all credit to them, to the, you know, the front office for going out there and just, you know, dropping a net on the whole league and just getting outfielders who were just – some of these guys were cast-offs. I mean, Eddie Rosario at the, uh, you know, trading deadline for Cleveland. I mean, this guy couldn't get anything done. And then here he comes in the NLCS, and he gets 14 hits, wins the, you know – in LCS MVP and I think he's the first player in that series to get 14 hits in a series in just six games all the other players with 14 hits in a LCS dead it had to go seven games uh, but you look at Rosario you look at Duvall uh, Jock Peterson uh, Jorge Soler he'll DH tonight I mean they they went out and they got a whole new outfield I mean this was the same team who had Marcel Azuna at the beginning of the year and then he's over here hitting somebody or something uh, ridiculous just you got to you got to admire what the Atlanta Braves uh, have overcome to get here. Uh, with the Acuna injury, um, the starting pitching uh, didn't look all that hot for you know at, at, at different stages of the season. But I mean, when you look at Ian Anderson, uh, Charlie Morton, Max Freed, I mean these guys they put it together. And in the bullpen, I mean that was something coming into the season that you look at and said, I'm not too sure about some of these guys. But you know, Will Smith, Tyler Matzik, and uh, AJ mentor. I mean, these are three guys who have been locking it down all of them left handed guys. So I think uh, the Braves are certainly deserving to be here. I think they're going to put up a heck of a fight. Uh, but in the end, I, th- I think the Astros, the Astros, I think they're too good for them. And I think uh, as long as their heads are on straight and they're focused and they're not, they're not taking this moment for granted, um, I think they're going to win this series in six games. Uh, I think they do win game one tonight. If you remember in game five of the ALC is Valdez after two very rough starts, uh one in the uh in the division round against the White Sox, and then uh, I think it was uh was it game, might have been game, no, it was game one. He wasn't all that effective in either start, but in game five, he locked it down. He pitched eight innings, only gave up three hits, one run, uh, had had the sinker working, just ground balls everywhere. The Astros just vacuuming them up across the infield. Uh I think as, as long as he's locked in and he can give you something, which I think he will. I think the Astros take care of business tonight. Uh, Charlie Morton, I mean, there's gonna be a familiar face out there for Houston. Uh, Morton, part, a part of that uh, 2017 uh, World Series champion team. He'll be going against his former team. So uh, that's one of the things I'm thinking about for Houston. When you have a guy in Charlie Morton on the mound, the Astros got some familiarity with him. You think about a guy in Brent Strom, the pitching coach for Houston. You know, what kind of insight does he have for how he how Morton may attack these hitters. I think that's one of the things I'm looking at uh, and then, you know, going back to a guy like Rosario on the other side and even Jock Peterson. Uh, Jock Peterson was on that Dodgers team in 2017. So that so some of these guys, there's familiarity there and then Eddie Rosario was in the American League uh, earlier this year and then he's been with the twins for several years. So, I mean, uh, the Astro Astro pitching the Astro staff. Some of these guys remember some of these guys Um, on the in the Braves lineup so I think some of that familiarity could be a great service to them the Astros obviously have the experience edge uh, five straight uh, uh, American League Championship Series and now three World Series appearances in five years I mean nothing phases them you think about how game two and game three of the American League Championship Series went Uh, Boston tags them for three Grand Slams they blow them out in back-to-back games and they just get they get back off the mat in a close game four, and then they just, the they start swinging their bats, and uh, that now you have them in a the World Series. Uh, I, I think it is gonna be, I think Atlanta's gonna, you know, they're gonna put up a fight, and they will make it interesting. They will make the Astros sweat. Uh, I think it would go a long way. When you talk about things like home field advantage, I don't think it means as much in the sport of baseball as it is in football or basketball. Um, but I think from a confidence standpoint, it would be it would serve Atlanta well uh, to win one of these two games in Houston. If they go down 2-0, it's not unheard of. You know, I'm not saying they can't come back and get back in the series, but I think from a pure confidence uh, standpoint and being the underdog, it would be in their best interest to win one of these two games in Houston. Go to Atlanta for the three games with a 1-1 split and see how things progress from there. But I think you know I talked about the Braves bullpen for a little bit. But when the Astros starting pitching was completely imploding against Boston, the re- these relief pitches held it down completely. And I think they got a deeper bullpen um, than Atlanta. We're going to talk about Christian Javier, Phil Maton has been very good. Uh, obviously, Presley and Graveman and Ryan Stanek. I saw a stat today. These guys have pitched 34 innings in the playoffs so far, and they got about a 1.06 ERA, which equates to giving up four runs. That That's absolutely outstanding and they've been not only have they been doing um good work it's been great work at extended periods of time I mean Javier has been every time Javier hits the hill, he's got to go to uh minimum it feels like three innings just because there's a starting pitcher out there who ain't getting it done uh so I think it the, if if Atlanta if Atlanta can pull a Boston and just wear out some of these starting pitchers and maybe tax the bullpen a little too much think that maybe that's their best chance, but both of these offenses are great. Uh, I think the difference will wind up being the Astros pitching will be just a little bit better because even though I got a lot of respect for what the Braves are able to do from an offensive standpoint, um, this Houston lineup is just built different. They will have to make a decision. When you look at games three, four and five in Atlanta, what they do with Alvarez and what they do with Brantley, how do they mix and match their outfield? I'm going to tell you something. If you want an Alvarez keeps hitting the way he's hitting I don't think there's any way you can keep him out in the lineup, even though they may be somewhat uncomfortable with him defensively because the, he, he's their designated hitter. When you go to Atlanta, you lose the DH. I'm thinking of something. It might be in their best interest to put Alvarez in left, Brantley in right, and move Tucker in the middle because, as I mentioned to you, they got a guy, uh, Martin Maldonado, behind the plate who's really been struggling this playoffs. Probably, I think he's got about maybe two, two three hits. It hasn't been pretty. He's batting, I don't think he's batting 100. Not very good. So when they go to Atlanta, they're going to have Maldonado in there and the pitcher's going to be batting. So, I mean, in reality, you might have two fairly easy outs at the bottom of that lineup. And if you take Alvarez out of the equation, then you're looking at a guy in McCormick who, all do, you know, with all due respect, and I, got, I do have respect for Chaz McCormick and Jose Siri, but they ain't going on Alvarez. So I think, you, I think Dusty Baker, that's going to be a hard choice for him. But I think in the end, if I'm if I'm pulling the strings right now, I'm gonna have Alvarez in the lineup. The guy's just too hot um, to take out, uh, in my estimation. But in the end, Astros and six.
1: Okay, okay. Um, so I'm I'm looking at some 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 numbers. So uh, I was looking at some um, you know, let us let's, let's go with um, the numbers for the Astros. The Astros they bat in 281. That's the batting average. Um, they got a, a 4.50 ERA and. Evidently, in the playoffs, they outscoring opponents by 21 runs, which I know if you watched the last series, you're kind of probably scratching your head, but you got to understand they didn't play four. This, this will be the fourth series or the third series, I should say, um, that they didn't play. So I, I guess I understand that. The Braves batting .250, um, batting average, uh, 3.41 um, ERA, and they're outscoring opponents by seven runs. So, you know, both teams took a, a different route to get here, right? Um, for for the Braves, well, for both teams, but I think for the Braves, more that that trade deadline what just did wonders, did wonders for the team. When you when you think about the Braves lost their best player, in Ron Acuna, and everybody pretty much stuck a fork in them; they was done. And like you said about the Astros in the last series, well, just since the trade deadline, it seemed like the Braves picked self up off the mat and showed that hey, Show us a little respect over here, and you know they was talking to me. Me, Uh, I gotta show them some some respect because I thought they was done in five last series. Um, they came out and got it done in six. So that uh, you know, I gotta show them a little respect. But Jay, what what I like for you to hit on um specifically is so we we know National League play different from American League. We got the DH and all that. What? What advantage could the Braves have at home? And then what advantage could the, the Astros have at home since they play by two different sets of rules?
0: I think if there's any, if you talk about advantage, disadvantage, I think the, uh, I think the Braves will benefit from, uh, from playing on the road because they'll get another big bat in there. Jorge Soler, you know, he's dealing with a calf injury, but he's good, he's good to go now. So when you look at Solaire, when you look at Peterson, Rosario, and Duvall, when you have all those guys in a lineup, um, that's a lot to deal with. I think what it's, what it's going to come down to, as I was explaining about, um, you know, what, what the Astros do with their DH when you go to a National League ballpark and you lose the DH, it's going to come down. They may have to – they will likely, if they play Alvarez, they're going to sacrifice some defense because you're going to put Tucker in the middle. Tucker's a really good outfielder. Normally plays Right field. Brantley is really solid, but you wouldn't call him a great defender. And then Alvarez at, at this stage just simply hasn't played enough to re- for us to really know. But at this stage, you know, he's a you know, below average outfielder. He's, he's, he's out there to hit the ball and hit the ball hard. So the, I think the Braves, when they go to their ballpark, they'll have the advantage when you lose. Because it's a bigger deal for Houston to maybe pull Alvarez or lose, you know, a plus outfielder in the middle. In center field, be it McCormick or Siri whereas the Braves yeah they're losing Jorge Soler but when you talk about losing Soler or Alvarez there's really no comparison you know at this particular moment in time so that is an advantage that Atlanta has I think that the advantage is Atlanta Atlanta has the advantage a little bit when it comes to the DH when Houston loses the DH and has to make a decision you know, do they want more offense or do they want more defense? That's uh, I think when when they play in Houston, um, both teams will be at full strength. You know, the Astros will have their normal lineup, their normal defense. Uh, it'll just be an added bonus for the Braves to have Solaire in the lineup.
1: Okay, okay. And so we got the over and under, is eight and a half. You taking the over or the under?
0: What's eight? Eight and a half runs tonight. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Oh. Okay, oh, run tonight. Yeah, I'll go over. I think it's, I think it's going to be an offensive-driven series. I really
1: do. Okay, um, so I'm going to take the Braves in seven. I mean, I'm sorry, the series will go seven. I'm going to take Houston. I'm sorry, folks. That's a typo. I think the series will go seven. I'm going to take Houston in seven. Two guys I just want to highlight for this series: Carl Tucker for the, the Astros. I think you know maybe did he take this and go ahead and show why he should be spotlight. And then for the Braves, man, I'm going to go with Freddie Freeman. Oh, man, um, the, the you know, the catalyst. Those are two guys I think um, going to be the spotlight, you know, uh, of this series. And we'll see. Game one tonight, 8.09, first pitch on Fox. You know what it is. All
0: right, moving on to the NBA. And uh, it's the 75th season of the National Basketball Association. And as you well know, in the, after 50 years, Back in 1996, the NBA put out a list of the 50 greatest players of all time. 25 years later, they have put out another edition, the 75th anniversary team, which includes, I went back and checked all 50 players from that, from 25 years ago, they've added 25 players. Um, some of them quite obvious, uh, Kobe Bryant, uh, LeBron James, among others. Uh, Frank, take us through, uh, how would you assess this list? Any big snubs that you noticed, or you think this uh, they did a pretty good job?
1: Oh, well, yeah, yeah, it's, that's some snubs on here. Um, you know, we, we, we've been hearing the chatter about two main guys right now that, that feel like they were snubbed, you know, one being Dwight Howard, the other being Clay Thompson. Now, um, me and you talked about these two before we started the show, and, you know, Clay Thompson, you might have to just eat this one. You'll be on the 100 team. We got you. You'll be on the top 100. Just stay healthy. Do, keep doing what you do, you will be on the 100 team, no doubt about it. Um... Maybe it was some recency bias here. And, you know, maybe they just didn't want to add to right now. But, listen, let's not sweat the small stuff, right? Now, to Dwight Howard, I think he got a legitimate right, Because I would like for someone to tell me what it is that Anthony Davis have accomplished that Dwight Howard haven't. Because like, I, I would like to know this. They both got their first ring in the same year on the same team. Right. When Anthony Davis was the lead man in the Pelicans, they didn't even they they won one playoff series. Right. When Dwight Howard was the lead man with the Orlando Magic, they made it to an NBA finals. Dwight Howard, two time, you know, defensive player of the year. I'm not even sure if I don't I don't even think Anthony Davis actually got the defensive player of the year yet. I know he's been like number you know in the top three i know he's been an all defensive uh on the all defense team but i don't i don't know i i think i think dwight howard got a legitimate gripe now i'm not finna sit here and you know fake the funk and act like some of these dudes i ain't seen them play one stitch of basketball let's just keep it real hey folks there it is i'm a millennial I, i'm gonna go ahead and admit this some of these dudes played when it was just black and white most of these dudes don't have, didn't play with a three point line. You know, it was 16 teams in the league, some book. I, I, I don't know. But some of these guys, I, I, I can't give you an explanation on. But I do think the additional 25 guys, and, you know, I agree with most of the guys within, let's say, the last, you know, I don't know, it was the 20 years that I've known, like you said, the LeBron James, the Kobe Bryans, like, come on you know what I'm saying um those guys I agree with but they do got some like I say Anthony Davis was the clear-cut guy um I'm looking at guys like you know I, I know let's see who I seen it earlier all right so let's think about it. a guy like Westbrook Westbrook right so this is a guy that's on here because you had to some people use the argument of championships And then some other people use the argument of stats right so clearly it's guys on here just for the stats westbrook litter um you know that i don't i don't i don't want to be uh don't shoot me don't kill me but it's guys on here that ain't one nothing i'm talking the likes of you know one charles barkley carl malone reggie miller it's guys on here so my point of bringing that up is to say clearly this list is not just about about championships it is about accolades and stats so that's why i think a guy like dwight howard has a legitimate gripe because he's his stats are very comparable to a lot of guys that's on this list the only reason you can say he shouldn't be on this list is he don't have a. if you want to say he only has one championship but he wasn't the main guy of that championship and like I guess you could say that but then I can give you the James Harden's of the world here there's nothing what has he done you know um so I I, I am a little missing screw with this no I do understand like the 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 way the voting went you had media and you had players um I think you informed me that they took um, a lot of players from the 50th team and then use them to vote for the 75th team. Um, so I, I guess so. I'm not enamored with that either because I don't I don't believe that players that's already on the list should be voting for new players because, like, the game was so different. So I think the difference of the game does matter. Um, but I ain't losing no sleep over this. This, this is an accolade that, you know, that's going to get changed in 25 years. So i'm I, you know i i guess that that's th- those are the only gripes i would have at this time but you know some of these guys i gotta pull out <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> more than google i gotta pull out some extra old th- i mean some who's who hal Greer? can you give me give me can you give me anything without google on hal grill oh, anything nothing <laughs> <laughs> da- david bushette Shetzi, like who dave oh, who, who, i know
0: just from just from reading a book on the 70s Knicks, I know he was, uh, I think he was a small four that played with Willis Reed, Walt Frazier, he was on those Knicks teams.
1: Oh, okay. what Outside about that, I don't know much about it. What about, about it. Dave Bean? Uh,
0: yeah, I, I am more than happy to go down the list of guys who I have no earthly idea about them at all. I'll start. I'll no, nah,
1: you ain't gotta, you, know, you ain't gotta do that. You ain't gotta do that. That's. I was just trying to. You know, solidify my point. A lot of these guys I can't – I'm not even probably qualified to even, um, you know, talk about. But with that said, the modern guys, that's my point. I think the White Howard did. I think he's a very big snub. Clay Thompson, calm down, baby. you going to get on here. you too great not not to miss two lists. You're too great. Um, you'll be all right. But, yeah, man, that that's my outlook on the NBA 75 team.
0: Yeah, I think for the most part this is a – this is pretty pretty solid list. Um, there's, there's a few head scratchers, but yeah, when you talk about you know uh, Dave Bing and uh, what else we got? Maybe he founded the, the search engine. Dolph Dolph Shays is a good one too. Like you you met uh you heard of old Dolph before today? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's some, uh, yeah deep in the deep in the Sam Jones. That's a pretty bland name. No idea who that is. I bet. Well,
1: I do. I, I do know who Sam Jones is. Yeah, yeah. Sam Jones was on. He was one. Of, he was on the Boston teams back with Bill Russell back. You know. Oh, 13, okay. And all that. Okay. Uh, was Bob yeah. Bob Cousy was a part of that too? Yeah, I think so. I, th- I really did. I think so. Yeah, That's, he was yeah. on. That. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, as talks. far as
0: you know, I just <laughs> had to. I had to go back and make sure. Like, okay, we're doing a seventy-five. We're doing a seventy-five, Liz are we sticking with the top 50 or did something change? You know, So I wanted to go back and just make sure like, because it, it would be kind of weird. Like if you, I, I can't imagine like making the 50 list and then being left off the 75, like hey, what, what is this? You just letting all these young boys come in and take my spot. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you, I'm glad they stuck with that. Um, I, did, I did notice like there was three that caught my attention because their careers were pretty much over by the time the 50 list came out. They didn't make it, but they're on the seventy-five list. That would be uh, Bob McAdoo, Dennis Rodman, Dominique Wilkins. I'm not necessarily arguing against the uh, against any of them. In fact, I think Wilkins and Rodman probably deserving, and that's that's no knock against Bob McAdoo. I mean, I that that was I think he played in the '70s and '80s, so that's definitely I wasn't I wasn't alive then. Uh, so, uh, those are just the those were kind of curious to me. Uh, but as far as the you know some of the guys that we know, I think. Pretty much the the only real gripe I would have is some of the young guys that made this team, it seemed, it it just like, I mean, Giannis, for example. Giannis, obviously, is a top 75 player, but he's 26 years old. He just started, you know, the, the past few years, he just started, you know, his ascent to perhaps being the best player in the league, you know, and he, he's—I he, think he's in the conversation. I think right now it's him and KD. Um, but he's still got so much far to go. It's almost a situation where, you know, just for the fact that he's got so much more he's going to accomplish. You know, that's a spot Dwight Howard could have because Dwight Howard's pretty much done at this point. So, and, but Clay Thompson—he's an example in the reversal. Clay Thompson, you know, he's still got—he's still got a long way to go to his, in, his, in his career. You know, God willing, he stays healthy. So I'm not I'm not really upset about him being left off, but I think Dwight Howard Dwight Howard has a legitimate gripe. I mean, this is a guy who was All NBA for eight straight years. Five of those years were consecutive first team All NBA selections. You know, you brought up a point uh, a little bit earlier. Um, you know, the guy the guy did lead an NBA uh, team to the NBA finals. So, you know, we, we obviously, I, I would have liked to see his career, you know, be even better and just have continued greatness and develop a post game, for God's sake. But even with that, even with all the gripes and, like, just not taking the game seriously from time to time, I mean, he's still, like, he's got the resume, you know, and especially now you put a title on, I know he didn't have a, a huge role, but he's still got a lot of hardware and a lot of, you know, whether it be accolades, stats, whatever you want to call him, he's got a lot of them. Um, but I do, you know, when when you talk about, I'm looking at guys like Giannis, mm-hmm. I think AD's a guy I would have left off, you know, on this list. L- Lillard, I think Lillard's kind of a toss up for me. I'm thinking of like fringe guys, you know, I'm thinking of names like, you know, a Grant Hill, a Chris Webber. I'm even thinking of a guy like Chris Bosch, you know, guys like that. I mean, Bosch is in the Hall of Fame. So I'd like to know how much consideration he got. Um, you know, it's just some fringe guys. I, I just think, it almost feels like a disservice to put a guy on a list too early because now you're kicking off some guys who, you know, their careers are over. If they don't make it now, they're, not gonna, they're likely not going to make it, you know, for the 100th team. Here's another guy, you know, and I like Dennis Rodman, but what about, um, what about a guy like Ben Wallace? What about Ben Wallace? You know, he's in the Hall of Fame. You know, he's pretty much a Dennis Rodman, you know, defensive player of the year, is up the wazoo. That's just another guy I was thinking about. If, he, if he's good enough for the Hall of Fame, you know, do, I mean, I'm just especially guys like Giannis and AD and uh, Lillard, like I said, I think he's a toss up. I think, I think all in all, I think it's a really good list. There's just some things that, you know, a lot of this is just nitpicking. But um, my, big, my biggest thing is the guys who still are active players and they're going to accomplish so much more. You know, there's a few guys I would have left off. And maybe try to give the accolade uh, to someone else whose career is uh, already over.
1: All right, so we're going to move back to the NFL. We got the week seven recap. We had, you know, some exciting games. I mean, somebody threw up 54. And it wasn't Tom Brady, folks. We we had a game where a team scored five points. That's right, five. So there's a field goal and a safety. Yo, that's wild. So... Um, with that said, Jay, um, all the action all over the, you know, the, the landscape. What, what caught your eye in Week Seven?
0: I got a, I got a warrant out for two teams' arrest. Um, <laughs> fraud alert! Fraud alert! And it hurts me to say this because one of my squad. Look, the Denver Broncos and the Carolina Panthers, uh, they should be arrested for fraud. These are two teams that had us suckered early on last month at three and zero. Uh, they're both three and four now. They've lost four straight games, um, just embarrassing in in you know in their own special way. Uh, this week, <laughs> you, know, got, you know what? They Denver got lucky that we was I don't even remember what we was doing last week uh, or Friday. Friday that where we couldn't get together and make this happen, but uh, Denver got lucky because they was gonna get killed <laughs> um, on that show. <clears throat> I'm a little bit more calm today, uh, but look, no Baker Mayfield. No Nick Chubb, no Kareem Hunt, so you have Case Keenum, and I I don't know any I don't think I know anybody named De'Ernest in real life. But you had a De'Ernest on the field that night and just running the ball down these dudes' throats. I swear. Right, Vic Fangio. Something got to change there. Somebody's getting fired shortly. Uh, Vic Fangio will have to pull the trigger on somebody. It might be Pat Shermer. Um, get, get the guy. Get him. He's got to go at some point because um, this offense is just pathetic. There was some warning signs early on in the season. Uh, even when you did start in 3-0, <clears throat> your offense was looking suspect at times against teams that just were awful, including the Giants, who I'll, I'll get to them in a moment, and then the Jets and the Jaguars, just three god-awful teams. Look, you lose to Baltimore, I understand, but then you, then you got a Pittsburgh team who they didn't look like they could figure anything out, and next thing, and they, they can't run the ball, and then Najee Harris, he's doing whatever he feels like. And then you had, who was it? Oh, you had, oh, you had the Raiders. The Raiders after the emails. And they, they just roll in there like, everything's fine. We got Rich Basakia or whatever his name is. He's just leading them in. He looks like a veteran head coach, you know. So Denver drops that game. And then you got, look, you got Cleveland, the wounded Cleveland Browns. And you just, you don't even bother showing up for the first half, the offense that is. And they just, you know, Dearness Johnson, just running the ball, you know, looking like, you know, just... Get his, uh, get his gold jacket ready. He's coming in there. Uh, enough of these guys. Uh, let's go to the Panthers now. The Panthers. The New York <laughs> Giants. Not only the New York Giants. They had some injuries, too. No, no Saquon Barkley. We can't find him right now. We don't know where he is. He's nursing some toe injury. And then Kenny Galladay not available. I thought it was yeah. an ankle. It probably is. <laughs> some lower. But he's just, he's never healthy. I'm getting, t- I'm getting tired of him. True. Kenny Galladay not there. There was probably some other receiver. Was Did Sterling Shepard play? I don't know. Bottom line is, that t- the Giants are not very good. We've seen it. They won in five. They beat, I don't even remember who the other team they beat. But Denver beat them week one by a pretty wide margin. I think it was, I've been 27-7, something, something to that effect. The Giants aren't good, and yet they come out there and they just whoop these dudes 25-3. We got Devontae Booker. He's out here scoring. Uh, You have, uh, I don't even, Kadarius Toney, he wasn't even playing. The rookie from Florida. I'm just thinking about, listen, Sam Dorn was looking pretty good the first three weeks of the season. And um, I hope he don't have plans for Halloween. Don't take this dude to a haunted house because he's going to get scared. And then you're going to have the ghost headlines. And it's just not going to be very good. And now you have the Panthers. They're talking about, hey, well, hey, uh, Deshaun Watson, is he available? We'd like to get in on that. I will tell you what it ain't gonna be the backup pj walker that was a nice story from the xfl he comes in there he goes three for 14 just a a mess of epic proportions you got this dude robbie anderson we thought he was gonna come in there with sam Darwin and do something he can't catch a pass i mean it's terrible so and then where's the defense went that defense that we was praising uh to the high heavens first three weeks of the season the broncos too the broncos too and i know they got every they got seven linebackers on injury reserve so i get it you're dealing with injuries they out here acquiring stephen weatherly from the vikings and kenny young for the Rams. they trying everything you know that whole linebacking crew when von miller left the game uh this week against cleveland was out no bradley chubb no alexander johnson no josie Jewell, no von miller my lord just everybody but i get it i get it but at some point Somebody in there, can we get a defensive lineman to get off a block and kick, get these no name running backs for just chewing up yards? I went back to Denver and I shouldn't have, forget about it. You know, um, we got another team who's, they're three and four as well, and they in just, they're in some trouble at this point. You know, I'm not jumping off the bandwagon just yet, but it looks pretty grim right now. That would be the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and I, look, I get it. Tennessee, Tennessee's one of those teams that's got a formula, they got Derrick Henry. Um, they can control the clock, they can get in third and shorts, they can sustain drives, and they did those things. That that first half, uh, Mahomes couldn't get on the field. And when he did get on the field, he couldn't sustain a drive. I think they they possessed the ball in the first half for about six minutes. Those six minutes were not very good. Uh, Mahomes is in a situation where he's trying to do a little too much. Uh, He got Tyreek Hill, he's got Travis Kelsey. But, I mean, outside of that, I don't, I don't find any of the other weaponry all that spectacular. I don't, you know, I'm looking at McCall Hardman, uh, Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle. I mean, these aren't names that are blowing you away. And, then, you know, Edwards Hilaire, he's not there. You got Daryl Williams. And I, I, <coughs> I, I'm just, I thought this offensive line was solidified, and I, I don't think it is. Um, they looking, I mean, when the Titans defense is just, you know, just, just, just making their way in the backfield, pitching tents back there and Mahomes got great mobility. He can, he can escape sacks and he can get outside the pocket. He can extend plays, but it, I, you know, give Mike Vrabel some credit, you know, from time to time against these elite uh, up and coming NFL quarterbacks, you know, think of Lamar Jackson in the, uh, in the divisional round a couple of years ago. You think of this performance against Patrick Mahomes. I mean, this is, this is the, this was the worst defeat for Patrick Mahomes in his career, 27, three, you got three points. That's it. That's horrible. And I I tell you, I felt it in fantasy too. It was it was a nightmare. It was nightmare football for me. So and then you know what, and Derrick Henry didn't even have a big day. He didn't even no, he, didn't he didn't do didn't. all that much. But the threat of Derrick Henry and the fact you have to account for him. And then I'm telling you, Tennessee don't even, don't sit here and think that Tennessee's good. I don't think they're that good. They're 5 and 2. They got the best running back in football. They got two elite wide receivers but Ryan Tannehill nope ain't no way I'm not buying this team one bit I'm just I I swear I am just oh I'm so like I'm not I'm not pleased with some of these teams we got two teams on fraud alert at three and four and then we got the team who you know the Chiefs might as well be on fraud alert uh you know as well they three and four the defense can't figure anything out um you know again look you're three and four you still got time there's still a long season you got an extra game now uh I don't think I think it's still fixable, but uh, it's definitely time to be concerned and uh, they need to start figuring things out quick, fast and in a hurry. Yeah, hopefully you got, hopefully you got something positive to share with us.
1: Well, I do. Matter of fact, I want to go to those uh, Las Vegas Raiders that you talked about. And listen, I thought I mean, I'm going to keep it real. Um, I thought they was going to play worse without John Gruden. Hell, it seemed like they was waiting to get John Gruden out the building. Um, I still don't know who this backup who this um interim head coach is, but hey, listen. The, 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 hey, the Raiders doing what they gotta do. Hey, I ain't mad at it. Hey, they listen, you know what I'm saying? They they make some things happen. So maybe John Gruden was holding them back. I don't know, but I just wanna get a you know, shouts out to you know the Las Vegas Raiders post email scandal. Exit, you know, to uh, be continued, cause somebody else is probably gonna get some action. Um, now, let's talk about the Falcons and uh, Dolphins here, folks. Um, listen, two teams that shall I say are in the basement of the NFL right now, and um, that game was thirty to twenty-eight. Um, it was a barn burner, folks. I didn't even know both of these teams could score this many points in the same game um and they did matt ryan um you know i thought he was pretty much just gonna flop around for this season until they figure out what they was gonna do postseason you know to have been up and down um he, he threw a, a horrendous interception in this game um looking for Jaden waddle whatnot but listen i thought this game was gonna be a thursday night clunker and it, it actually ended up being a, a pretty compelling game um and yeah i took the Falcons. so you know shout out to matt ryan for doing that for me um now uh, the, the game you know these next two games are, are two games that um i thought you know listen the goat the goat went back to chicago baby you know the goat was in chicago and i ain't talking michael jordan when, when i say he dropped 38 listen tom brady goes to chicago you know justin fields out hear, uh yeah justin fields it's, look exactly what he was the field um because he wasn't hitting on nothing out there uh he this listen you're a long way from ohio man you're a long way from georgia and um listen this is big boy football and i mean you you know how you said um that was that was the worst game for patrick mahomes i i I know just feels out here like yo this is not what i envisioned for myself when i was envisioning myself being an nfl quarterback Cause he was out there looking God awful, you know? Um, so for, for all the fans that, you know, clamoring and said, we got to get Justin Fields on the field. We got to get him now. Okay. Gone demoralize him before he can get something going. I, I hope this is a tough kid, but he keep rolling threes like this against, <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, uh, he keep, yeah that ain't gonna be good that that ain't gonna be good but you know over to the Bucks man hey they made it look easy man I, I, I don't remember one shot where Tom Brady was even sweating uh I think the most he sweat well, the most he sweat in this game was when Mike Evans gave away that 600 touchdown ball and then he's like hey Mike you got that ball uh I I he, gave it, did it to the fans see his face he was like yo he's oh, like." <laughs> <laughs> I gave it to a fan, you know, um, so, you know, they had, they cut, you know, that fan got a, a pretty sweet deal cut to get that ball back. Um, if I must say so myself, they gave him a pretty good deal for that. Uh, but, you know, hey, the Bucks made it look easy, but make no mistake, that defense is still a liability, folks. Um, that defense can still get that work. But, you know, Justin Fields, he didn't exploit the defense. You know, he didn't have much of a running game to help him exploit the defense. I don't know what Allen Robinson doing. He, I guess he just, I don't know. I, I guess he don't leave. I pay leave. I don't. I don't know what's going on. Um, uh, Moody, you know the other wide receiver. Yeah, Moody. He was at. He was in. You know, on his way to the moon because he was not in the game at all, at all. Like you know, he was like a stock to the moon. Uh, yeah, that was him because he wasn't there to play at all. So, I I don't want to just throw it on Justin Fields, even though I took some jabs at him. It was a team effort, but I'm just saying, hey, Chicago, come on. Man, y'all got to do something to help the young kid out. And then the third game I wanted to hit on was a game that I thought was going to give us a good forecast about the AFC. um, The Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens. Um, Both teams have been playing exceptional. The Ravens have been finding a way. Listen, that injury report, oh, man, I ain't never Listen, I've never seen a network start telling you about an injury report and had to do a commercial break in between the injury report because it was so long. (laughs) I'm just telling you, they got so many cats out, it got to be like some loophole that they're using to keep these cats on the roster because they got to have like double the roster from everybody else because that injury list is ridiculous, right? But somehow, Lamar Jackson finds a way to get it done every week, um, whether it's with his arms, whether it's with his legs. So I was, I was compelled to see this because the thing about the Bengals is, and, and what, what I'm starting to feel is with, with um, Zach Taylor as the, the coach, right, is they're playing a young style of football, right? So I was curious to know, Joe Burrow, pretty young cat. Jamar Chase, pretty young. T. Higgins, pretty young. Joe Mixon, a young guy. They don't have, on the offense at least, I mean, they don't have a guy like that I consider like a, a veteran, like an older veteran. I, I feel like Cincinnati is a pretty – I mean, maybe CJ, you saw him. Maybe, maybe he might be a guy you can consider a veteran, right? Um, but for the most part, you know, it's a young team. So, I, I wanted to see with the Ravens being a veteran team, minus a lot of veterans because they hurt, um, What how how they would like try to mix up things and push and – that's not what happened. The young team pretty much came out and, and did what they do. Joe Burrow and Jamal Chase, let me tell you something, folks. Man, you know, you know, being a Bama fan that I am, I don't give a rip about what they did at LSU. Forget those guys. But let me tell you, this NFL connection, I can't hate on that. And they ain't got nothing to do with my boys. I can't hate on it. That, that's a real connection right there. That, this guy Jamar Chase is out here breaking records left and right. In this, I mean, they... I haven't seen a defensive back stick him down the field yet. Like, stay with him down the field. He has caught at least a 50 yard touchdown in every game this season. <laughs> this dude ain't no joke down the field. And then, I don't, Joe Burrow, I don't even know if he sets his feet anymore. He just like, oh, he out there. Yeah, I got one on one. I'm just going to fling this baby, loaf of bread, just going down the field, just spinning, just spinning. And then Jamal Chase come out of nowhere, shake the guy off, and off to the races, man. That connection is for real. You know, I know T. Higgins come back from an injury. We know what Joe Mixon can bring to the table. Hey, man, Cincinnati is for real. And I'm telling you right now, right, the Chiefs are in trouble because I'm looking at, man, I, you know, the Bills the way they're playing. The Ravens are still in it. You got Cincinnati coming up. You got the Chargers coming up. I mean, man, listen. Hey, Chiefs, this ain't the old AFC as you remember it. Y'all might want to get it together. You got some – that the Chargers and the Bengals just alone, just those two young teams. Yo, the, these dudes are coming. So the Chiefs might want to get their act together. And also, I want to say – um. Rest in peace to Marshawn Lattimore because you just got straight ax stumped by DJ Metcalf (laughs) last night um, on his way to the end zone. I know the Saints won the game and it was it was a lackluster uh, game, I must say. But I DJ Metcalf just straight. Oh, man. what, What was that? Pop one out there. He just like, hey, boom, stepped on him. Took it to the house. And then Marshawn Lanham, he wasn't the same for the rest of the night. He was in his head for the rest of the night. Like, you going to treat me like this? You going to wipe your cleats off on my face mask? Forget you. So, um, I just wanted – I had to take that dig because I thought that was pretty uh, comical how that went down. Um, But, yeah, man, those was the three games that I seen in week seven that, that caught my attention. And I – that's what it is a couple more notes I want
0: to go to the back to the falcons uh dolphins game real quick and just highlight okay. one guy and that'll be the rookie tight end kyle pitts first oh yeah, games, yeah first yeah, four yeah. games weren't anything you know particularly great last two weeks he's got 16 catches for 200 and uh 282 yards i believe so he's you know he seems like he's figured him out atlanta's figured out how to, how to utilize him so when you got him and calvin ridley out there you know that's a one-two punch that can be reckoned with so I'll shout out to him, and uh, I guess I'll scream. Good, good job, Arthur. Arthur Smith, he's doing something out there, so good for him. Um, and then, uh, you know, to go, back to, to go back to the Chiefs and just the whole AFC picture, I will say, well, one benefit for the Chiefs, if there is one, is the AFC right now is kind of muddled. I don't, you know, if, if you're in a situation where you're saying Cincinnati perhaps is the best team right now,
1: well, no, 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 I'm woo, woo, woo. Said, let me be clear. I'm not saying Cincinnati is the best team, but I am saying they're making themselves more of a contender as the season go along.
0: Yeah, and when and by the way, when I said you, I'm not saying you specifically. I'm saying there's some people out there who I'm sure are like, oh, Cincinnati, they might be the team, but it's not like the NFC, the AFC. Everyone has at least two losses. There's going to be an extra wild card, so I just think it's a crowded, murky field when you got. I mean, Buffalo's had, you know, they've had a couple games where you're kind of like, oh, really? Are, are they for real? You know, I'm not sold on Tennessee. Cincinnati, they're young and up and coming. They do appear to be for real. Uh, but, you know, Baltimore, you know, everybody's hurt, so you don't know what to make of them. The Chargers defense stinks, just like the Chiefs defense stinks. So, you know, you never, it's hard to tell with them sometimes. They go as their offense goes. Um, there's just a whole lot of kind of unknown question marks that it remains to be seen how it's going to shake out. If you're in the NFC, you'd be in trouble. You got Arizona at 8-0 or 7-0. You got Green Bay's got one loss. Dallas has got one loss. Um, the Rams have one loss. The Bucks have one loss. I mean, it's crowded, and there's a lot of – the NFC looks to be a little more top-heavy right now than the AFC, so I think that's something that is in the that, – that's one positive in a just a, a pool of negatives that the Chiefs just swimming in. Um mm-hmm. Oh, they have, did they have one more thing? No, I didn't. Moving on to college football. Right, moving on to the college football recap. Georgia, top-ranked Georgia, had a bye this weekend, but you did have the second-ranked Cincinnati Bearcats in action. Uh, they got a they got a little bit of a test with Navy, but they were able to win by a touchdown. Oklahoma, as you you can't have an Oklahoma game to where they don't struggle at some point, but they did end, end up winning by twelve <laughs> against Kansas. I think, uh, I think Drink was sweating a little bit early on in Alabama, Tennessee, but the final score <laughs> looks pretty good to me. Ohio State, they looked to be in full swing of things, uh, 54-7 route over Indiana. Uh, Michigan, big win over Northwestern. Penn State goes down in nine overtime, so on and so forth. Drink, uh, feel free to go wherever you want to. Tell us about the weekend.
1: All right, so uh, first of all, let me, let me just go ahead and talk about the, the moment of the weekend. The the, exact, the biggest moment I took away from this weekend was, hey, the true freshman quarterback for Oklahoma, uh, Kayla Williams. Listen, first of all, I'm with you. Oklahoma flopping around here with Kansas. Are you kidding me? And we ain't talking about basketball, folks. I don't know. Listen, one in five. Hit. Here's where the, the hypocrisy, I think, of college football, Right. So, Oklahoma is undefeated in the Big 12. Got it. But most people say, well, Oklahoma is better than Alabama because they're undefeated. And Alabama lost to an unranked team, right? But then it's okay to be in a one-score game with a one-and-five Kansas in the fourth quarter because you win the game eventually. But Alabama played a team in Texas A&M and lost to them, which Texas A&M has looked like a totally different team since they beat Alabama. And I got a strong feeling Texas A&M got a good chance of finishing in the top 10 if they keep rolling like they are. I digress. I just had to throw that out there to say. The moment of the – of the, the, the I thought of Saturday was the young man Caleb Williams, true freshman, they're going – they're driving the ball. It's third and one or fourth and one I, Maybe it was 4th and 1. 4th and 1. And the running back, Brooks, he's running. Kansas stuff it. And this guy, in some in true backyard fashion, goes up and is like, hey, man, let me get that from you." Takes the ball from him and runs. I think he gets like an additional five yards, and, and they get the first down and convert the first down. Now, people got confused with this play because they're like, yo, that's illegal. You can't do that. Or can you? Wait, can you do that? Because no one has ever seen a player do that. But yes, you can do that if you're behind the line of scrimmage because they were behind the line of scrimmage. And that is a legal play. That just was what I like to call a smart-ass play, folks. That was the most miraculous Listen, I know Oklahoma shouldn't have been in that situation at all, but you got to give some credit to that. Like, the, the awareness... If this is Madden, their awareness is 99. Like... To, for him to go out there and just be like, hey, oh, shoot, let me grab that funny player. Oh, yeah, first down. No. Like, I was blown away with that. So, that was the moment of the weekend for me. I want to throw that out there. Now, Cincinnati, it's a playoff team, huh? Yeah, we, we seen a playoff Cincinnati out there, right? Oh, because Cincinnati, okay, this is a team that could challenge Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State. I I don't even know if they could challenge Oklahoma i'm not loving that since i mean you got the win you did get the win i'm not loving flopping around against navy a team like cincinnati even though you do got quality wins but i'm starting to less and less like that whole indiana thing so you only getting credit for um notre dame because indiana just got just whopped at home so I, uh, miss me with the hey when you play indiana at home that's a tough environment would you say would you say Ohio State like nah so you can miss me with that so I'm gonna give them credit for Notre Dame but hey they lifting a the little shake out here can't wait to the playoff rank to start to see what they think about Cincinnati too um I, I, I spoke about Oklahoma you know they they got the win but Kansas isn't Kansas they got to be like the worst team in the Big Twelve um they barely they barely in the Big Twelve at this point which with this new alignment I wouldn't be surprised if you know they be like hey, hey listen. Can we just be with the Big 12 just for basketball? Like, because football, like, let, let's keep it real. Um, the point you made about my boys, Alabama, we went to Tennessee, listen. That that dog's gonna play calling, man. That that play calling. Look, look, hey Nick, we're gonna have to round up the defensive coordinator and the offensive coordinator. We're gonna need to round them up. Um, I don't know what what what's going on. The, those coordinators ain't it. Um they need to get a little bit like the the level of in- inconsistency with alabama right now is ridiculous like they'll put it on for one quarter and then fall asleep for another quarter like i, I don't and then oh it's the fourth quarter oh we we might need to play oh you got it on yeah yeah hey will you ready will let's get the defense ready boom and then next thing you know they win by 21 points and, and the rest is is history so they got to get that consistent they're not playing consistent ball the difference between to be honest with you, the difference between Georgia and the rest of the nation is up to this point, Georgia has been consistent. Meaning, no matter what they do on the offensive side, you're going to get a steady dose of defense. They're not going to fall asleep on the defense side of the ball. You might get a field goal every now and then, you might get a touchdown, but they you know what I'm saying? They don't fall asleep on the defense side of the ball. That's what separate Georgia from the rest of the nation right now is everybody else is just falling asleep at some point and then they got to claw their way back in. All right, so another this next team, another team, high-powered offense, but their defense fall asleep from time to time, Ohio State. I, listen, all I know is this, Ohio State keep on the road that they're going. They're definitely a top three team. They're definitely a playoff team. I know they still got to play Penn State and Michigan and Michigan State. That's all good, but, um, listen, they're going to – them teams ain't showed me enough to really – like, I think Ohio State should be all right. Um, I, I like what Michigan and Michigan State doing, but um, those those teams, they should be okay. Um, and then Penn State go out here losing nine overtimes, which I don't know about those, those overtime rules after a while. But uh, – and then um, Ohio State – I mean, not Ohio State. Oklahoma State – this is what I be talking about, man. The consistency. That's what I'm talking about. The level of consistency. Like, you get a big win, and then you go ahead and lose the Iowa State. Like, what are we doing here? It's just um, Oregon. You know what I'm saying? When I, go, when I look at the rest of the, 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 the rankings, it's like, it's no more consistency here. It's just not. And listen, before I end this note, I just want to say this. The two best teams in the ACC is Wake Forest and Pittsburgh. Where they do that at? You know what I'm saying? Where, where they do that at, man? That's the what? How much? How much money did you have on Wake Forest uh, winning, winning, the, you know, the, the, their division this year? You know, like, come on, man. So, with that said, man, that was, you know, I'm not gonna lie. This this weekend of college football wasn't the the best. I do think it was a bad weekend to play one and five teams because they seem to show up this weekend. But you know, next weekend we got the Powerhouses come back. We got some good, you know, good matchups. So we'll see. But that's how—that's what I seen with college football this weekend.
0: Yeah, I think um, you know, starting from the top, uh, that you know, if you're Cincinnati, you know, you feel like you feel like if you're Cincinnati, the style you need style points. Um, and that's I think that's the first um, that's the first game this season to where you haven't felt great about them from a results standpoint. So, you know, I, I understand where you are on Cincinnati with, uh, with that type of performance. Uh, but the, th- the thing about it is, you know, outside of, uh, you know, Oklahoma, you know, if they went out, they're going to be in the playoffs. You know, that's just, that's just how it's going to go. Uh, but, they, but they haven't looked impressive. I still think at some point they could get, um, you know, whether it's Iowa State, whether it's Oklahoma State, somebody might be able to trip them up. But I think the switch at quarterback – which, you know, Caleb Williams, you know, this is a guy, if Spencer Rattler is, is still quarterback in this team, I think they'd already have slipped up by now. I think they would have dropped the game. But uh, Caleb Williams, you know, he seems to have that it factor to where, you know, he, he's, he's nowhere near a Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray. He's nowhere near that yet. But he is a guy, when I look at him, that can come out there and you just, there's a different feel. It's like, man, we believe in this guy. I'm, I'm telling you, like Spencer Rattler, you know, I'm not trying to dog him anything, but that's just not a guy I look at. And he he, he doesn't, I don't have a lot of confidence in that guy. Just, you know, talk about body language and how it looks on the field. So, you know, I think Lincoln Riley was a smart move. They, they still don't appear to be hitting on all cylinders. I mean, when, you, when you're in a close game in the fourth quarter with Kansas, uh, I don't care what venue you're playing in. That That is not a good sign. But Ohio State, you know, definitely right now with Ohio State the way they're playing, um, you know, who'd have thought a couple of weeks ago we thought we had a bunch of you know big guns out there shooting for it, whether it's Iowa, whether it's Penn State, and then oh and behold, whole two weeks later both of those teams are d- d- down the drain in just all types of ways. Penn State is out of here at this point; they already rolled up two losses. Um, Iowa, you know if Iowa won out, they could get in, but I don't have no confidence in that at this point. So, you know, it it comes down to, you know, Ohio State, I think Michigan and Michigan State, the the problem Ohio State is going to have is they got a gauntlet. They got a gauntlet coming up. They're going to have to play all three of those three teams. And when you've already dropped one game, even though I think it's Oregon, if you lose another game, then you run the risk of uh, missing the Big Ten title game. you missed the Big Ten title game. I don't think you have a chance, but the two losses, we haven't seen a two-loss team make it. So I think that that's the part where it's concerning for me. That's gonna be a that's that's gonna be three games in a you know probably about a month stretch that I think they got to win them all, Um, and I think they're capable of winning them all. But we're, we're gonna find out about you know Michigan and Michigan State coming up this weekend on Big Noon. We'll talk about that a little bit Saturday or Friday rather. But um, look the the Big Ten it's just a feeling like are they gonna you know is everyone gonna uh beat up on each other so much that nobody gets in you know if you got a, if you got a two lost big 10 uh big 10 uh champion i, I don't you know i i have a i'd have a hard time justifying you know those guys getting in over undefeated cincinnati that's just where i'm at so you know the scenario i'm looking at right now is you got uh You've got Georgia. Georgia looks like they're going to be, you know, in the SEC title game. You know, and if they go in there undefeated, even if they lose the SEC title game, they're getting in. I'm looking at Bama. Bama would be the team I, that I would have challenging them. Oklahoma being undefeated the way they're playing. I think I just talked a little bit about Caleb Williams. If Caleb, I think if Spencer Rattler is running this team, they, they would no doubt slip up at some point and they would flop it away. But Caleb right. Williams, he, he's a guy who I just got, he, he inspires confidence. And I think guys believe in him. I think he brings, you know, guys play with a different energy. Um, and then, you, like, that fourth and one play, like, what? that's one of those things, like, I don't even know, in film study, like, I just, if I'm Lincoln Riley, I'd just be looking at him like, that was good. But, like, we, we might have to stay away from that. I, ain't <laughs> nobody out here teaching it. That is, that's a once-in-a-lifetime play. Right, I really, right. I really do think so. So, right. uh, but... Yeah, look. But the reason why the reason why Cincinnati is still in play is because you know we got just so many raggedy, just raggedy conferences out here. The ACC is just, god, they're a joke. Like, miss me with Wake Forest, miss me with Pittsburgh. You no, know, Virginia, if they beat BYU uh, next week, they are gonna be in the top twenty-five. Miss me with them. Miss me with all of them. They're just not. England and then Clemson, god, Clem, they stink. what is this offense that they out there running? I'm just all over the place right now, but God, they are miserable to watch. They're miserable. I mean, you got DJ DJ makes a good pass to your, uh, you know, pre uh, top 100 number one running back Shipley and he just, he can't even find a way to catch a pass down the field for the one good play that they'd had. Oh man, they're miserable to watch, Um, but then Look, but the, the, so we got the ACC now. The the rest of the Big 12, it's Oklahoma or bust, because now you have Oklahoma State. God, wasn't that predictable? Oklahoma State, they what they beat somebody that was that was a big win. Was it Texas? Maybe they beat Texas. They're undefeated. It looks like they might be a team to reckon with. And then lo and behold, Iowa State just beginning of the season. Forget about it. But they, they'll come out here and spoil it for somebody else down the line. That's what they did. Oklahoma State, um, Oregon. They, they figured it out against ucla they were one point i think there was one point underdog in that game they figured it out but but even the pac-12 like uh, oregon they dropped the game against stanford so oregon you know they had the big ohio state win but now they've lost the game so you know they, they're gonna have to win out win the pac-12 to get in so there's a lot of things that play right now and i think cincinnati if they go undefeated they're still in a pretty good position. A lot of things have to go wrong for them outside of their control, meaning these other – the Big Ten, uh, Pac-12, and, and Big 12, you know, it's going to – I think it's going to come down to do you have a one-loss champion that has a better resume and you feel better about? Because I think if you have a two-loss champion and an undefeated Cincinnati, I, I just – I don't think you can put them in over undefeated Cincinnati. I think that's what it comes down to and still – Plenty, plenty left uh, left to be decided, particularly in the big 10, the, the big 10, how that shakes out on the east side um, with Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State. We'll see how it goes. My money would be on Ohio State at this point, just because, I mean, they, they just, it's just something they do. But uh, Michigan, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Michigan. They passed every test to this point, but now it's going to get tough. Now you, the same thing Ohio State's dealing with, Michigan's about to deal with. They got to play Michigan State. And then Penn State, Ohio State, down the line. We'll see how it goes uh, for them. But, uh, yeah, the Big Ten, Big Ten East, uh, definitely something to watch out rest for rest of the season.
1: All right. Now, you know what time it is. Last but not least, is rapid reactions to a whole lot of topics. A little bit of time. Jay, the floor is yours.
0: All right. The Chicago Bulls are 4-0 and off of their best start since the 1996-97 season. Their wins are against the Pelicans, Raptors, and they've beaten the Pistons twice. What do you make of them so far?
1: Yeah, that sounds cool, man. Um, yeah, just compare them to, you know, one of those awesome Chicago Bulls team. You know, those legendary Chicago Bulls teams because they started off 4-0. What an accolade. Yeah, we're going to leave that right there, folks. Still, as Coach Mike Tomlin shut down speculation that, he's linked, that linked him to the college coaching job at USC and LSU at his press conference today. You take him for his word, Jay? Yeah, I'm
0: I'm going to. I think Mike Thomas is one of the, the straight shooters out there. And uh, I don't, I wish I had the, you know, the verbiage on hand, but I was reading some of it earlier. I just, I just love the way he handles things. His, his media sessions, I think they're meaningful. And uh, he was pretty emphatic. He's, uh, and I, you know, I, why wouldn't he be? Like, he's a Pittsburgh Steelers coach, you know, and you know how, you know, that ownership treats their coaches. Uh, what is it? You know, three coaches in the past, I don't know, 50, 60 years or whatever it is. So, uh, you know, until they kick him out of there, I don't think Mike Tomlin would leave that position. Texas Tech has fired football coach Matt Wells after a thirteen and seventeen record and two plus seasons on the job. It seems like somewhat of a quick hunk. Quick hook, rather. What do you think, Drink?
1: Uh, nope. <laughs> when Texas Tech ain't been tolerable since Cliff Kingsbury left. Like yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, we, we forgot they was in the Big 12. So no, 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 not mad. Listen, you got new competition coming in. Your, your conference is under the microscope. We need to get some winners in here. Um, we no longer will be able to ride the coattails of Texas and Oklahoma. Um, so we got to build our own legacy. So let's just start, and start over new quick. The Boston Red Sox plan to evaluate the futures of franchise cornerstone Raphael Divas. And Xander uh, Bogarts, what do you what does that mean?
0: I think uh, I think they still you know consider those guys you know building blocks for the future. Devers only twenty five. Bogarts still in the prime of his career. Um, I think Bogarts maybe will, will consider opting out of his contract next year, uh, but I still think he wants to remain in Boston. He just wants a new deal. But I think you know you could have a situation where maybe down the line defensively, uh, Bogarts moves to second or third, and maybe you know Bogarts moves to third. Maybe Devers. You know, I, I, I've seen some good things from him defensively, but maybe he moves across the diamond the first base. Um, so I think it's more like, you know, how do they stack up defensively in the future? But uh, you know, I still think they'll, they'll both be in Boston for years to come. In the wake of Zach Wilson's knee sprain, the Jets are making big moves. They traded for Joe Flacker from the Eagles in exchange for a conditional 6th round pick. Uh, I don't understand this at all. Drink the Jets have Mike White. I'm pretty sure he's got it. Uh, what say you?
1: Well, I mean, with that play calling and it being the Jets, they might think Mike White won't make it through the next game either. So we're gonna depend on Joe the Couch Flacco back there to bring it on home. Like, man, listen, if this is not a indictment that the New York Jets is where you go to get your your dreams killed, like, come on, man, this franchise is out here killing more dreams than the Squid Games. This is ridiculous. Now, I don't know what's going on, man. Just come on, man, just kill that franchise. Texas quarterback Deshaun Washington is reportedly open to waiving his no trade clause to multiple teams as the trade deadline approaches. Your thoughts?
0: What a guy. He's
1: really really a making guy. a
0: really making a sacrifice. You know, this is the John so John Gruden gets fired for some, for some emails, but yet yeah, you got a guy and I don't know, you know, we've questioned the veracity of some of these things, but the man does have 22 open lawsuits, you know, based on uh, allegedly
1: sexual,
0: uh, yeah sexual harassment some type of allegation. so but yet he's out here you know you know just thumbing through the the classifiers looking for the next big job and and hey. you know, wherever he goes is automatically gonna be a better place than where he's leaving so i i just find that to be you know i, I don't i don't particularly love the optics of that for the nfl uh, Los Angeles Lakers for Carmelo Anthony dropped 28 points on Sunday and moved into ninth on the NBA all-time scoring list. He passed Moses Malone. It's not bad for a guy who couldn't even find a job a few years ago.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. It's, it's crazy that this guy was literally crack, scratching and clawing to get back into the NBA. And this guy is in the top ten all-time scoring. That is outrageous. Matter of fact, was he on that uh, NBA 75 team too? So, I mean – Clearly, I don't, I don't know what the motivational factor was for him not being able to get into the NBA, but I'm happy to see he's in. He's with the Lakers. He's doing well. Got a chance to possibly get a ring, so I'm happy for him. Good stuff, man. Good stuff, Mello. St. Louis Cardinals have promoted bench coach Oliver Monmore to manager after Mike Schultz was fired earlier this month. At 35, man, that's pretty young for a manager. At 35, Monmore will become the youngest manager in baseball. Does his youth concern you, Jay?
0: Uh, I don't, not not uh, not especially. He's been the I think he's been the bench coach for the past two three seasons, so he's already got you know probably got a great relationship with uh, the players out there. I think it'd be a little bit different if he was a thirty five year old coming from a different team, but seeing as how the Cardinals promoted from within, I think that'll be fine. I think the bigger the bigger issue is like I'm not sure if you know Shilt necessarily deserved to be fired. I mean, the guy did. Uh, lead the calls on a 17 game win streak late in the year. He got them into the playoffs. They've made the put, they've been competitive his entire time. I think the GM, uh, whoever made the decision, cited philo- philosophical differences. I don't know that uh, that sounds a little sketch to me. Hopefully, hopefully Marmol steps in and uh, they, they don't miss a beat. The Bucks fan that gave up Tom Brady's 600 touchdown football is being rewarded with an assortment of items, including two signed Tom Brady jerseys, a signed Mike Evans jersey, Mike Evans cleats, a helmet and Brady's also throwing in one Bitcoin I think that price dropped a little bit today but that's fine the Bucks are also providing a <laughs> pair of season tickets to the fan for the rest of 2021 and 2022 and an a thousand dollar credit to the official team score I drink that all sounds great but I probably would have held on to the football uh what say you
1: no I'm gonna put it like this man I would have gave up the football but you would have gave listen this assortment package would have been a lot thicker than it is um not to say it's terrible it's a good starting point but this 600 man you know what i'm saying I, I could get a half mil quarter mil for this football so you got to make it worthwhile um but you know to the fans credit like maybe that fan knew like if he or she uh, I, i'm pretty sure it was he he would have you know made a big fuss about it and kept the ball you, you he could have got ostracized in Tampa Bay or something, you know, so maybe he feared that, but no, yeah, I would, I would have definitely gave the ball back, but that, that package would have been a lot more thicker than what it was. Last one. We got the Packers, we got the Cardinals, Thursday night football, no Devontae Adams, but hey, shit still be a good one. Who wins, Jay? Oh man, you said it. I think Devontae Adams at this stage, are uh, unlikely to play due
0: to, uh, testing positive for COVID. I think that that might be the difference. I think uh, without him in the lineup, I think Aaron Rodgers could struggle. We know uh, how much he relies on Devontae Adams. Um, So with that being said, I'm gonna go with the Cardinals. I think they keep the line moving. Cliffy Cliff and Kyler move to eight. 0 (laughs) And that concludes tonight's drink of wisdom. Thank you for joining us. And as always, like, listen, share, subscribe. I'm Jay Wise.
1: And I'm Nathan Drinker, and remember, make tomorrow better than today, and make today better than yesterday, and you know what we going to do. we going to holler at you until next time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, this is A Drinker With.